Good morning and grand rising. We are here with a very fun, exciting, maybe even a little bit frightening episode of the Hoodoo and Chill podcast. I am your host today, formerly known as Sierra Bayo, but also known as Papa Sierra, here with my beautiful co host, the one and only Latoya Alexandria. Bonjour, bonjour, bon lundi, je suis assisi avec la magnifique Sir Bayo. Welcome to Magic Mondays on Hoodoo and Chill. We have a wonderful show for you today. It's it's that spooky season, right? You may feel the what they call the veil thinning between the spiritual world and the physical world. So you may be seeing more of the spirits, feeling them, hearing them, all types of good things going on. So we figured we would contribute our little section of spookiness to this time of year. You know, this show, I think, is going to enlighten some people uh, not even just on the topic at hand, but just on a plethora of things, I think, as it relates to magic and spirituality, of course. You know, as we were scripting this morning, Toya, one thing that really, really stuck out, and we are going to get into this a little bit further, is just is how much money, right, since this is the spooky season, how many movies, spooky movies, horror films that this billion dollar industry that is raked in so much money and a lot of the concepts of these movies are derivative of ATRs, African-American spiritual traditions, folklore. We can talk about that later as well privately because how wonderful would it be for us to dive into what has gone on throughout all of these years in Hollywood where they have, and I'm going to say, taken our traditions and used them as entertainment beneficial to themselves. Okay. Do I, do I, do I smell an episode coming? Do I, do I, do I I, I smell an expose? I think think that is something that we need to talk about. Okay. You know what? Here. Um, you got my. I'm tingling because we haven't done an expose in a long time, and I think those are one of our some of our best shows when we go deep, deep into something. You know what? We're gonna have to talk about that. Talk about that, and you guys make sure that if you have not um, subscribed to the podcast, do so because we will be doing that expose. Okay, and you don't want to miss that. So on today's show. On this episode of Voodoo and Chill, Sierra and I are going to elaborate on the concept of voodoo zombies and hoodoo control magic. Are zombies real? I mean, do they exist? And what are the origins of this concept? Also, are you working magic to control someone? Many speak on this facet. Many do not dissect what control magic really is and the consequences. Be prepared to be mystified, shocked, and even frightened a little on this episode of Hoodoo and Chill. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. 
Why make major decisions without knowing the outcome beforehand? Would you like to know where your relationship is headed or what the future holds in store for you? Sir Bale and I want to assist you in making all the right decisions so that you may live your best life. Are you seeking a new career? Does your love life need insight? Or maybe you want to connect with your ancestors or past loved ones. The realm of divination holds all the answers to your future. Allow us to use our psychic abilities, bone reading, cardamancy, tarot, and mediumship to uncover the answers to your future. Go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com under classes and services to book your appointment today. Your spirit guides are waiting to speak to you. That's hoodooconjurerootwork.com to uncover your destiny today. So I think the first thing where we probably should just get going is, and since this is your realm, Mademoiselle, I'm gonna let you take the floor and talk about the origin of the word zombie and the concept of zombies and zombification since you are our Haitian voodoo mistress of the morning. All right, so let's talk about zombies, you guys. Let's talk about where this word zombie originates from, where the concept of zombification originates from. And as most of you can probably guess, zombification and zombies are a West African word. Zombies, however, zombie was brought from West Africa to Haiti, where we have elaborated on it. So when you look up the word zombie and where it originates from, it originates from Haitian folklore. Now, again, we're gonna do that expose on the movies and we're gonna talk more about how now we know that zombie and zombification has originated from Haitian folklore, but we see millions of movies on zombies, right? These zombies are raised from the dead and they, what, uh, come after you and eat brains and do all kinds of madness and, and craziness. We're not talking about those type of zombies today. We're not even talking about the type of zombies that Jeffrey Dahmer tried to recreate for those of you who are right now watching the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. The type of zombies that we are talking about are basically slaves. And what is known in Haiti is that when you make a zombie, you take a piece of their soul. The reason it is called taking a piece of their soul because they no longer are a person. They are under your complete control and command. They can no longer think for themselves. They cannot talk. They cannot do anything other than what you tell them to do. That's taking a piece of someone's soul. So let's talk about one of the most famous, most popular zombifications that was ever documented here in the United States. It was a zombification of a man named Clarvis Narciss. In May of 1962, he was declared dead by doctors. These were American doctors. He was entered into the hospital. He had come to the hospital three days earlier with a severe fever, vomiting blood, and a few other symptoms. Very shortly, 
pronounced dead. Clarvis was born in 1922. This happened at the age of about 40. After he was presumed dead by the American doctors and they checked him, he was actually given a death certificate and all of the works. He was placed into cold storage for two days. His body was then buried. Nearly 20 years in 1980, a man claiming to be Clarivis reappeared in the city in Haiti and confirmed his identity to his sister, other villagers and childhood friends. And he did this with intimate details, his nickname and things that only he and his family would have known. There's even a movie about Clarivis. It's called The Serpent and the Rainbow. And if you have not seen it, I suggest you watch it. In this movie, there is a man named Christoph, and the tale of Clarivis is told through this character. What happened with this whole situation and, and the reason that it is so mystified and mysterious right now is because no one really knows if this is real. Well, I wouldn't say no one, but some of us know. Is there a drug, and we talked about this, that is advanced enough to just be blown in the face and to turn you into what seems to be the dead? Well, this happened to Clarivis when his body was exhumed by what we call a bokor or a sorcerer. He was drugged and forced to work on a sugar plantation for 20 years. So in this movie, Serving in the Rainbow, let me get back to that. The scientists and the pharmaceutical companies wanted to know, well, what is this drug? How is this even possible, okay? How did this happen? So we're gonna send our guy, we're gonna send our man over there to Haiti. And Serving in the Rainbow, let me mention, is based on facts. We're gonna send him over to Haiti and we are going to get this. We're gonna get this magic potion or powder or whatever it is that the Haitians use that can actually make someone appear dead. He went over, the gentleman, I forget his name, and to his surprise, it wasn't that easy to get Haitian secrets. And he was then buried alive himself. I think that I am not going to, and we'll get into this later, of whether or not we think this story is true or we think it is not true, but there is countless documentation of zombification in Haiti. The zombification powder allegedly is real. And if you go over to Haiti, I advise that you be very careful not to offend the sorcerer. That is my take on this tale. What do you think, sir? I think you can buy zombies at the Miami swap meet. I think you can buy zombies at the Broward County flea market too. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> But anyway, all right. So I got a lot of feelings on how I feel about this. So first and foremost, uh, the zombies. Yes, I've heard a lot about that, um, especially just living in this area uh, where the Haitian community is so strong. Now, the stories that I've heard have always been connected to the water. You will hear people saying things like, you know, you don't go by the ocean at night. 
You don't swim in the ocean at night. You don't go by the water at night because La Sarine or the mermaids will snatch you up and they will drag you all the way to the pits of the ocean. They will drown you, keep you there for however long they want to toy with you or whatever they want to do with you. And then they bring you back. But you're gone for a while and people assume that you are dead. That's how long you're gone. They think that they're never going to see you again. But then you come out of the water one day and you're never the same. And you are what is considered zombified. That's the way that it has been explained to me. But, you know, not saying anything devious about La Sunny and I'm just giving you all information that has been passed down to me through word of mouth, you know, just being around and being involved in the community and in the spiritual community and things of that nature. Now, for me, after everything that you said, Toy, what I take from this, the biggest piece that I take from this is, first and foremost, the exploitation of our practices, um, specifically being voodoo, Haitian voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, and definitely hoodoo as well, because we have aided this billion dollar industry of entertainment, horror entertainment, books, series, TV shows, video games. I mean, we don't even have to talk about the the movies. I mean, we could just talk about how many video games are based around the concept of zombies, right? And it's so funny to me how our practices are so demonized and so hush-hush. People do not want to give them the accolades that they deserve. Yet, the blueprint and the bases of many multi-million dollar and billion dollar industries have been built off the backs of our concepts, our philosophies, and theologies. That's the first thing that I just wanted to use this platform to call out. You know, not telling anyone to stop looking at zombie movies or stop watching The Waking Dead, but you know, we do have to be aware as to where we are aiding the exploitation of our own practices because we get so emotional, you know, about people appropriating things, but the concept of zombies has been appropriated globally and it is a concept that is straight out of africa from haiti wrapped into black indigenous practices right now in the hoodoo practice we don't have zombies we don't even necessarily use that word right um, you know, unless you may be a hoodoo voodoo practitioner and synchronized or whatever, but traditionally that's not a word correlated with our concepts. Now, what I do want to call out is the synchronicity, because we know that hoodoo is a melting pot. We know that a lot of our traditions, a lot of our rituals were created as they were taking bits and pieces from other things and other concepts. Now, my brain was churning from two things. Point A, you can see the synchronicity of this in control magic as it relates to this practice because there are ritual spells, things that you can do to truly control a person. 
know what control magic is, I'm going to elaborate on that in a few seconds because we're not talking about domination and I'm not talking about influencing a situation. Many of you have the the concept of controlling someone and domi dominating someone. It's, it's a little bit um misguided. So we are going to elaborate that for you today and give you some enlightenment on that point number two where we see the synchronicity right point b is in the powder that really rang a bell with me because powders traditionally are heavily used in hoodoo but of course this is definitely a concept directly from west african traditions as well as haitian traditions as well and the biggest thing that I was taking from this is the skin-to-skin -skin con contact. Hoodoos are a little bit differently. We don't necessarily blow the powder in your face like you saw on the Spell movie, okay? That right there, that, that portion where she blew the powder in his face and said, one to put you up, one to put you down, that is taken directly from voodoo traditions. That's not the way it's done necessarily in hoodoo. Skin to skin contact is how the powder makes it effect on a person. So we would do things like lay the powder where you can step in it. Um, we might sprinkle a little bit in your bed so that it might touch your skin or somebody might sprinkle a little bit on your pillow or something like that. You know, it's still the concept of skin to skin contact for it to make an effect on that person or individual. Um, but I just wanted to point out the beautiful synchronicity. I think that we're talking about a couple things here, sir. Okay, so we're talking about zombification, right? Which is complete and utter control over someone, right? And then we are talking about a couple of other things and we're going to elaborate on those things which is dominance and influence and and, and it's going to be very very important and Sierra's going to break that down what the difference between the three are okay now in my opinion of course because i am a mambo and i practice haitian voodoo i don't have to give you a yes or no of whether or not i believe in zombies if I've seen a zombie or anything like that, because you guys can probably guess. La Seren, here. The, the story of La Seren. We love La Seren. She is a wonderful and beautiful in Loa. However, like many Loas, they have two sides and her dual side is a whale. And yes, the story of her bringing you underwater to drown you, and she does this mainly to men, to boys, and then you coming back later on, after she has blessed you, you come back different. So I can see how that can be viewed as zombification. However, in our practice, we don't view that one as a type of zombification, but almost a blessing. But if she wants you, absolutely, she will take you. Although I practice Haitian voodoo and, you know, I love it. I love my religion. I love my spirituality. I don't need a zombie because I don't need a slave. Okay. 
when we're talking about zombification, we're actually talking about a modern day slave. If you all remember when I told you the story of a gentleman who was zombified, he was then drugged and worked on a sugar plantation for 20 years. If that is not a slave, I don't know what is. So do I believe, do I believe zombies are real? Absolutely, I do. Um, not in the concept that you see on TV in Hollywood. I don't believe in those, but I believe they are 100% real. I think that we live among them. Um, I think that we work among them. I think that you just may not necessarily know who they are. The Hoodoo and Chill podcast will return after this short ad break. Hey, are you enjoying the show? If so, don't forget to follow Hoodoo and Chill on Apple and Spotify and leave us a five star rating. Tell us what you loved about the show in the reviews. We love to hear from you. To keep this free content on air, please support the show by sending a donation of love by using one of the donation links in the description. Donations keep our podcast alive and also give us the ability to enhance our content. We graciously thank you for all the support. Now, back to the show. What I want people to understand as it relates to the hoodoo practice and just as it relates to just control and all of those things in general is that when we talk about controlling someone when you when we're talking about actually working a spell or ritual of control i want you all to understand what that truly means because a lot of you confuse dominance with control control is pulling someone's strings you are orchestrating their actions their thoughts their emotions their reactions to certain things you are orchestrating them this person is under your control this person who is usually weaker in spirit has lost their free will because you are the one who is now holding on to that and pulling it in the direction in which you want it to go. That is very different from dominance because dominance is necessary. Dominance is not something that I think should be demonized, but I think that dominance is something that is very balanced and it is a left and right side of when we talk about dominance. Now, I was speaking to a few people the other day and the example that I gave was, well, think about parenting, for example a young child, you are the dominant figure in their life. You are the dominant disciplinarian. You are the dominant role model. You are the dominant provider. All of those things, you play that role in that child's life. Now, let's look at that concept, right? You have parent A who can look at their child. Don't They don't have to say a word, a simple look. And that child knows exactly what you mean exactly what you said and they do it you didn't have to pull a string you didn't have to do anything but it asserts your dominance in their life and they reacted okay that is a parent with respect 
That is a parent who's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Then we have parent B, where that look doesn't work. Maybe this parent then has to resort to physically assaulting their child, unfortunately, to get them to do what they want to do, to try to control their behavior instead of establishing the dominant role in their life as a parent. We talk about influence, right? Workings that influence a situation because that is not control either. And the example that I'm gonna use here, somebody said, you know, well, what if I wanted a, 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 a new job and I had to control the person that was interviewing me to get the job? I said, did you really control them or did you influence the situation? There's a difference there because influencing the situation is I'm putting on this sweet oil today that when you smell me, it's just something about me that attracts you to me. You want to be around me. You want to work to, with me. You're listening intently to what I had to say. When you go back and you review these interviews, I'm the person that sticks out in your mind, okay? A lot of the things that we do in Hoodoo truthfully are workings that influence a situation to get it to go in your favor, to establish dominance in the situation or among a certain group of people or with someone that you're in, interacting with that is not controlling someone. That person still has their free will. I didn't make you do something. You chose to do this. Did I influence it a little bit? Did I put a little bug in your ear? Absolutely. But did I pull your strings? No, I didn't. I didn't control you. You are still very much in control of yourself with the God-given free will, which we will elaborate on a little bit further. You still have a hold of your God-given free will. So when we talk about these different types of magics, I just wanted to broaden your perspective on what you're doing. Because control work does come with certain consequences. Now, I'm going to share you a short story um, from the Obia tradition um, that I know. And the way it was told to me, and I hope I can recant this properly, uh, was that Brother John, you know, he wasn't the best man. He, he, he was a gambler. He stayed out all the time he had children he had a wife and you know he his his kids would always go down to the docks and find him shooting dice and drunk and just you know just kind of making a fool of their family and his mom this was a person of a low-grade spirit okay to control someone that person first has to be of a person with a very low grade spirit and for those of you that are in my class, you know we just had a class on spiritual grades and how those are affected. So people who can be controlled and have their free will taken from them are people who vibrate very lowly on a spiritual Richter scale of things, okay? These are people who typically tend to fall victim to their vices, drunks, gamblers, people... Um, who are not the best in society they are the perfect victims for this type of magic and people who are victim to addictions 
if you um, are someone who is battling with addiction, I'm going to be honest with you, you are someone who can fall victim to this very, very easily. And unfortunately, people who are mentally unstable, traditionally, when people were zombified, the victims that they would look for would be people with mental issues, uh, people who were poor, people who society did not care about. So that when we did this working on you, when you left and you died, no one would miss you or no one would even know who you are. So Brother John was this type of person, just constantly making a fool of his family. And he was an attractive man. And they lived uh, literally across the street from an Obia woman. Well, Brother John decides he's going to go and spend some time with her one day. And she put something on him. A very, very powerful, controlling spell that she put on Brother John. And she didn't, she didn't want him. She didn't want to love him. She was just kind of like a trickster lady. So what she did to Brother John was she made it so every single night he came and he stayed with her every single night. Now imagine living across the street from this woman and you're watching your husband go over there every single night. And then in the mornings he would come home and the way the boy told the stories, it was like his father was a zombie. He just would stop talking. It was like he was lifeless and would just start walking, putting on his coat, putting on his boots, walking across the street to go to this woman's house and would come back every morning. This went on literally until, you know, everybody passed away. Now, you can take this story for what it is. Remember that this is a story from the islands. Um, this is from a patriarchal society. And the wife was at home watching this because she was not working. She was depending on him for everything. So I just wanted to elaborate on that too. This is this is an old story from a very old time and from and it's not from America. So controlling people and this whole concept of zombification, it does extend throughout the spiritual diaspora. So then we have three great examples now, I think, Seer, of zombies and zombification and if it's real or if it's not real right so let's dive in a little bit more and talk about what type of people actually need to practice this type of magic i mean because i don't know about you but i don't think i need to completely control someone right if you have a situation and i challenge you guys to think outside the box for instance, a coworker that you don't like, you want to get rid of, you don't want to work with them anymore, you want them gone, you want them out of the company. I challenge you to think outside of the box that instead of maybe hexing them or controlling them or dominating them, that you help them get a different job. How about that? How about do a different type of working? Do something that'll be beneficial not only to them, but also to you. Because I'll tell you, and like Sarah mentioned before, we have to be held accountable when we do things like control work. When we have not just influenced, we have not just dominated, but we are in complete control. When you are in complete control of someone have you now, and I ask you this, have you now taken a life? Because they no longer have one. 
they no longer are able to do the things that they want to do, say what they want to say. They no longer have what Seer so eloquently explained to us as free will. They have no will but yours. They have no life. So I challenge you to think about that before you try to do any type of domination work. I also challenge you to think about and to talk to your spirits about you, yourself, your mental state, your spiritual state, and what would make you want to have so much control over another human being that they can make no decisions for themselves. What type of person are you, or I'm not talking about all of you in the audience, I'm just using you as a very broad term, to want to take complete control and free will from a person and make them into what I would say is a modern day slave, because that is what they are. They are your slave. They are your puppet. This is no longer a person. So you've taken a life. And this is why this goes back to zombification in Haiti. When you are zombified, they say they they take a piece. The Bokor has taken a, a piece of your soul. Do you understand why that is? Look at the person. They can no longer do anything by themselves without your direction without your say they have no life they no longer can communicate with their loved ones they no longer can show love or be loved they have no joy their only point of living is to be controlled by you and do whatever it is you want them to do part of their soul is gone and if you ask me it's not just part that's gone. They're gone, period. And you have to be accountable for that person. I wanna to respond to a question that was asked about what about highly abusive men? And this is a good question because it actually opens up what I was getting ready to elaborate on in the tradition of hoodoo. Now, I'm gonna be honest, mostly women, are the ones who were the utilizing this form of magic. And it's because, you know, once upon a time, things were much more patriarchal. Women did not have a voice. They didn't have any rights. And a lot of women were in very, very poor situations. And they would control the man to stop doing things like hitting her or gambling or going doing all of these type of things because you know this was her livelihood you know she had to have a husband she had to have a provider she had to have someone there to help her raise her children so a lot of these women did what they could with what they had the concept of therapy and you know trying to help this person change the behavior those options were not really available the only thing they would say is go to church you know that was the only type of therapy any of us had and that was all fire and brimstone then it wasn't as open to different concepts of therapeutic 
spiritual things as we are now, right? So women did what they had to do. But what's the truth about that, right? You did not change the man. You technically didn't even change the behavior. All you did was control his actions. When you are working control magic on someone, it takes a lot of energy. It's not something that you can do one time and let go of. You have to continue doing it and you have to keep this person under your thumb. And it takes a very skilled practitioner to keep someone under your thumb because this is work you're going to continue doing until you, until you, you know, whatever. But what about the consequences of that? People don't talk about the consequences of that. First and foremost, God gave each and every last one of us free will. And that is a concept that is universal law synchronized across all spiritual practices. We all have free will. When you take someone's free will from them, first and foremost, you and the creator will have a conversation later. Best believe you me. And you and that person's spirit will have another meeting when you are no longer here because there are consequences for all of our actions and personally i think when we step into the realm of playing god because this is really what you're doing if god gave us free will and you took it from somebody else you have bigger you, you better make sure that it was worth it you had better make sure that it was worth it because you will have questions to answer to later what tends to happen when you do this on people is that they who they are on the inside does not change and what you're really doing and let's use the example of the abusive man to me you're creating a ticking time bomb because every time you didn't change who he is on the inside you're just controlling the behavior right at the next time that you guys have an argument and instinctively he wants to assault you but doesn't because you're controlling him you didn't take that feeling away it's just being buried deep down inside now the flip side of control work is is that the person that you're working the moment that you let off on that a little bit the moment you slip up a little bit the moment they get the slightest inclination that it's you they can feel you they know it's you. They can't understand why they're doing what they're doing, but they know you have something to do with it. And every professional practitioner has had stories about someone coming to us and they can feel somebody working them, making them do these things and they cannot understand why. Usually it's because someone is attempting or they are working this type of magic on you, trying to control your spirit. When this happens, it's always chaotic. People end up dead. He may no longer assault you, but that pent up rage, that aggression, he might assault your children. He might go out here and assault someone else or harm or kill someone else. All you did was keep him from doing things to you. I personally do not indulge in this because I'm not trying to play God. Most importantly, I don't want the responsibility of another person. I'm going to be real with you. I don't want it. I have enough responsibility with the hundreds of people that's in our 
in our, you know, in our ministry. That's enough. When you put this type of work on someone, you assume the responsibility for that person. Whatever, whatever they go out here and do, whatever the consequences of their actions that you created, those are your consequences. You assume the responsibility for that because that wasn't that person's actions. They didn't choose to do this. You did. So know what you're playing with. Know what you're getting into. And be knowledgeable. Because just like Toya said, you know, there are other ways of getting what you want or influencing a situation to go in your favor. If your first reaction or thought process is you need to control someone else, something is off with you. Some you Your mental is not where it needs to be. Because there has to be something really sick in someone's head when you want to control other people and make them do what you want to do. Like, honestly, I think you might even be fetishizing it a little bit. It's like slavery, you know, making somebody do whatever it is that you want them to do and they have no free will. And then we turn around and cry about our ancestors being in slavery. I, I don't, I don't really get it. You know, there are other ways of, of, of enacting justice. There are other ways of enacting dominance, and it doesn't have to consist of stripping someone of their free will to make their own choices when that is a God-given right to each and every last one of us. Fear, I want to take it a little bit further, and I, I just want to throw in a, a, a little bit of something, okay? I just want to throw in a little bit of something. How about obsession? Obsession comes with this control work. Ladies and gentlemen, that man or that woman that you want to control their actions, you want them to be so in love with you and to only think about you. You want that control over them so that all that is on their mind is you, you, you. Sears told the story about the gentleman who dealt with the woman from Obia who practiced Obia, okay? She wanted him every single night, her, her, her. Now, what if you no longer want that? But then this person is already under this spell. So then it turns into a, I don't care if you don't want me, I want you and no one else can have you. I have seen personally Situations like this happen in the spiritual community and it is complete and utter, like Sears said, chaos and has sometimes ended in death where that person gets so obsessed over this spell you put on them or this working that you did on them or this control mechanism that you thought you had under control, but you really don't. Now it's gone haywire. And the obsession kicks in and there's no way for you to get rid of it. You don't know how. And it turns into a bloodbath. I've seen it happen. You know, the title of this show was about zombies and control magic. And we wanted to bring a little spookiness to your home today. But we also hope that we brought some enlightenment on what this exactly means when you zombify someone in real life or when you use control magic. 
you know, as I was listening to you, I, I got a little emotional because I think about how lost some of us are in the spiritual community and how we walk with this fake veil of wokeness because you put water out for your ancestors. We get so triggered thinking about someone taking control of us when you have no rights, when you've been stripped of your rights. Those of us that have, you know, not to trigger anyone, but those of us that have suffered from sexual abuse, people that have been trafficked, people that have been put in situations where they were assaulted, anyone, people that have, you know, been in prison because that's traumatic too. Anybody that's been in a situation where you had your rights and your will stripped from you. You know how traumatic that is. Yet I noticed a trend in the spiritual community that we talk about controlling other people as if it were nothing. As if God did not bless you with the ability to do what you want to do. You could have been a vessel of control. We could have been put on this earth to have our strings pulled, but we weren't. You were given the awesome freedom to make your own choices. And if you are comfortable with stripping someone of theirs, you really need to have a look in the mirror because you are a person that is operating on a very low spiritual grade. You will be bound to this earth and all of those spirits that you thought you controlled, you will meet them over and over and over again. Your spirit will be bound to this earth. Don't play God. That's not your job. That's not what you would sit here for. And if you want to learn how to be a practitioner and a knowledgeable one, the best advice that I will give you is you catch way more bees with honey. It doesn't always require this dark divisiveness to get what you want. I've gotten some of the best results from doing some of the nicest things for people spiritually. Sweetening people up. Sending a blessing their way that they turned around and sent my way. Praying for somebody until they stop gossiping for me. Like, you know what? I'm going to make every time you say my name out your mouth, you're going to love it. It's going to feel good on your tongue. You're going to want to say something nice about me. I'm going to land here and say, Toya, thank you so much for, uh, you know, just always enlightening us on your culture, your practice, and just being, you know, a very good voice that I really enjoyed, um, you know, what you brought to the table today. This was a great show. I think it was great. I think that it was, it, it just flowed. It was something that needed to be heard. You know, I find that every time we do a show, we will... This week, we have our own scripting, uh, you know, the, the way that we, we script for these shows. But we always learn something. Sierra and I always learn something. We always have a moment during the show where we are enlightened ourselves. And that is truly, truly magnificent and magical. We want to invite you that if you don't have a home or a place to learn about, Hoodoo spirituality. I teach voodoo, um, but we do come together, Sierra and I. We invite you to come check out the Discord. Come talk to us. There's more information about that on the website, hoodooconjurerootwork.com.
Thank you so much for lending us your ear and your time because we know it's irreplaceable. We love you all. So before we go, as always, I just want to thank everybody, all of our listeners across the globe, uh, those of you that choose to listen on Clubhouse, those of you that choose to listen on your respective podcast. We thank you so much. This ministry has gone exponentially messed up and I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> this ministry, this ministry has grown, grown. Damn it, I can't talk today. This ministry has grown tremendously. And I never would imagine that we would be at this caliber. And I appreciate each and every last one of you that support us and make sure that we are able to keep our content on air and do the things that we love, as well as pour into each and every last one of you that are growing and budding practitioners. You know, I love each and every last one of you. And I thank you so much for the time that you spend with us weekly. So with that, I'm going to say, as always, my people, you are divine. Your bloodline is divine. You come from the best of the best. And you are strong. You are powerful. Today is Monday. And I send you out today in abundance. I send you out in prosperity. May the things that you have set goals for this week, may they manifest. May they materialize. I ask for spirit to open doors for you this week so that whatever it is that you need to get done, you're able to do it fluidly. That there's nothing standing in your way. That there isn't any added layer of stress on your life. I bless your bank accounts that you are able to afford your rent, your mortgage, your food, your car notes, everything that you want. I also ask for increase in your life so that you can save, take care of your credit, take care of your kids, their college funds, and whatever it is that you need. I ask for abundance in our community because if we are an abundant community, we can do amazing things together as a community. As always, my people, I bless your hands. May your hands be like the Midas touch. The things that you touch may just manifest in front of you as if it were gold. And with that, I send you out in love, peace, and most importantly, protection. And with that, my people, we release you into the atmosphere.